all the masters of science have shown a great light on us all. I envy the path of your shadow that offers a wondrous call where promises lead us to ruin. A kiss can drive you to your grave. We leap off the edge of tomorrow and sink to the depths of today. Thank you for joining us on Too Stupid to Know That I Can't. We conclude episode two where Dalton and I were discussing George Clooney's Batman film being a bad film overall. We lead into part two of episode two with our discussion of the Silver Rush 50 mountain bike race that takes place in Leadville, Colorado. We also talk about how simple life can be just by riding a bicycle. We hope you enjoyed this next part. And thank you for joining us on Too Stupid to Know That I Can't. You know, a couple of years ago, I did the Silver Rush 50 up in Leadville, Colorado. And I had driven up there with a, with a good friend of mine, Kalian, to do a race event with Harley and Justin and Case and a whole bunch of others. <clears throat> and I had to roll through town to, to run a quick errand. And I was driving back through the town. And, and Leadville's tiny. Leadville is, I guess, one of the poorest cities in the country. What's, what state is this? Leadville, Colorado. Leadville, Colorado. It's at 10,500 feet. But apparently after the mining, when the mining went away, I think the entire economy went away. So if it wasn't for this race series and the tourism that it brings, the town would be fairly broke. But I'm rolling through this town on an errand and just the air. You know, all the vendor tents are up, all the cyclists are out. You've got people just milling around, and there's a sense of simplicity that comes within that. The the idea of getting on your bike and just going riding and just enjoying yourself. It, 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 it struck me at that moment when I was driving back to the condo of how simple life can be. And I think for the longest time, I chased a lot of material possession. I chased a lot of things that I thought would make me happy or bring me some sort of stature in my own mind. Getting back on the bike kind of simplifies a lot of that. It brings you back to the basics of enjoyment. For example, when you get to go ride your bike up at Turkey Mountain, mm -hmm. how much fun are you having? I am probably the slowest person up there and the most tired, but when I'm up there, it's it's. I don't have words for it. I'm I'm in just the funnest moment. That being the slowest person up there doesn't matter. Nope. I'm just I'm I, it is I'm away from the city. I mean I can see it. I'm it's in, it's in the middle of the city. Yes. But I'm away from everything. I don't have my cell phone on me. No one's calling me, and I can be in for the for a very rare time for me. I can be in the moment. Uh, and I wouldn't trade those moments for anything. Because as gigging musicians, we also run into the problem where when we're on the clock to play a gig, mm -hmm. we're on the clock. We could, we're having fun. I mean, there's, there's not a question of having fun. But we also have a job to do. We have to entertain. We have to provide a good show. We have to meet these expectations. And they might even be unspoken expectations from the audience, from the participants, from our bandmates from the friends that go see us, the bar owners, the bartenders, mm -hmm. the bouts, like there's all these unspoken expectations when we play a gig, but I would agree that when we get to go ride a bike, there's really nothing else. No, the pressure's off. 
I'm just I'm when I talked about earlier about just like expressing it, just like expressing yourself, being yourself. Mm-hmm. So like I so I found like in a boxing ring I got to be myself. I got to just I just let it go and be myself. Whenever I I got into to Kali with the sticks and the knives, I got to just just let it go and be myself. On the mountain bike, it's the it's the exact same thing. It's I'm not competing against anybody. It's I'm competing against myself. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing in the boxing ring. Like the other guy is not my opponent. He's I can't duplicate myself. He's the stand-in for me, and it's helping me better myself. Mm-hmm. The bike is is that is that stand-in. It's helping me better myself, and that journey is just fun. It doesn't feel like like going. I go to the gym three days a week, and I ride like the pelotons, and those are really cool. And there's uh, like a peloton knockoff over at the Y where it's like playing a video game. And that's kind of fun, but nothing nothing beats. Even if it's cold or it's raining and it's muddy, just being out there. God, we've done some stupidly cold rides. But, as I didn't believe you at first, and then now appreciate that you were right, was once, yeah, we've gone up to the top of Turkey Mountain where it's 45 to six, 45 mile an hour straight winds with 60 mile an hour gusts. <laughs> and it looks like it's the middle of the night, but it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon because the the storm clouds are so thick that there is no sun and you have no concept of what time it is it's just dark and it's cold and as soon as you get five feet into the tree line there the, there is no wind yep it is dead still that five feet away it's 60 mile an hour gusts and 40 <laughs> mile an hour straight winds but walk five steps into the tree line and it's dead still and it's almost 10 to 15 degrees warmer yep there is something about nature that is just indescribable that you don't know how I don't know how to appreciate it I just go out there and bask in it it's pretty fantastic yes and I, I admittedly I had had a conversation with Harley and Justin uh, my friends in Denver uh, Harley owns you know he owns base camp cyclery Justin owns e3 fitness and I told them a long time ago that I have to be very careful with this bike riding thing because it's very easy for me to get wrapped up in it because there is that euphoric sense. There is that just that tangible feeling that it's just it's a good time mm-hmm. and it's hard to it's hard to pass that up. It's hard to give that up and, and just oh well I've got to stop because I got to go do my other things but it's you're like but I'm in it, I'm here, I'm dirty, I'm muddy, I'm soaked, my feet are completely wet, I'm hooting and hollering with my friends, I'm having a great time, I don't want to stop. Yeah, it's it's complete, It's a care for, it's I don't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. It's, when you were talking about like, like lightening the load, like, you know, finding less, chasing material possessions, mm-hmm. I, I think when it comes to cycling, there's, there's more than just the material possessions, I think, that we overload ourselves with. Mm-hmm. And getting out there on the mountain bike, on Turkey Mountain, or out at Claremore, or anywhere where, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm a mile from my car, from a parking lot. There's, there's a thick group of trees, and on the other side of that thick grouping of trees is the highway, but I can't see it. And I, in that moment, I'm a hundred miles from the nearest anything. Yep. Totally agree. And, and nothing matters. And there's nothing to stress out about. There's nothing to worry about. No, and it's... And until you get a chance to really get out and do it, it's hard to express it. It's hard to explain it. 
I mean, yeah, we can talk about it and we can kind of illustrate it through words and through our own inflection. And then when you do it at night, it's like, there are no words for that. <laughs> I've become a bigger fan of writing it, which in the winter here in the Midwest, um, the sun sets at five o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Um, so much what, what writing in like Iceland would be like, where the sun like rises at noon and sets at like three o'clock in the evening. Like, Dave! Yeah. <laughs> Dave! With your, you know, bring my dog Stallone out to the seaside. But, um, can you see my dog? No, because it's too dark. Yeah. Um, I, that's got to still, to this day, be one of my yes. favorite videos. So, um, no, especially if you, you, you know where you're at. If it's someplace that you go out and ride there a hundred times in the bright sunlight, and then go out and ride that exact same track at night with a big bright headlight and a big light on your handlebars, and you know where you're at, but you don't recognize anything. Would you describe it as otherworldly almost? Uh, it, it is. It's if you've ever like try if you've ever heard somebody like describe a dream or been in a dream where you're like, well, I, I knew where I was, but it was different. It was, and you can't really. You can't really describe it because it was like a fantasy world mm -hmm. that nobody else has seen, so you can't describe it. It's that's that's what the first time I went out at night was like. So I wanted to tell everybody how great it was, but I don't possess the vocabulary. <laughs> like I don't know, get just come with me. It's like um, one of the the bass player for one of the bands I'm in um, loves to mountain bike and has a road bike. Also, but never went out at night. I kept pleading with him, "You got to come out at night. You got to come out at night." And found some another bike cycling group he rode with somebody loaned him some lights and he we went out and 10 minutes later he just stopped and just like you're oh my god this is so amazing i it's i can't describe it i'm not it would be like the closest thing to like a religious experience that i think i've had even though i'm standing out in the woods again i'm i'm a hundred i'm a hundred feet from my car but I don't know it. I can't see it. I can only see what my headlight on my helmet's pointed at. And it's just leaves and branches. I, it's... It's really cool. Well, <laughs> then as we continue down this quick journey of lightening the load, it really was a turning point for me. That that particular day, and I, and I, and I, and I would admit that I... I didn't understand or maybe grasp the brevity of that kind of understanding and that, that I, I, I would hate to use the term epiphanal moment. Maybe it was more of maybe resolving myself to understanding what it was like again. But I literally, I came back, I, I would say that year I sold off all kinds of stuff that I didn't feel I need anymore. So much so that I got rid of my Mini Cooper a few, couple weeks ago. It's just one more thing. You know, last August I moved. I downsized in my apartment. I've just, I'm finding more and more peace by getting rid of all the things that I thought I really wanted and I thought brought something to my world that was important. So much so that I, I barely play my Xbox now. And, and maybe it's because I'm working more. Maybe it's because I'm here working at the drum shop so much more that I'm not getting home to have that downtime. And maybe I need it, but I'm not recognizing it. But I'm finding so much more joy 
and getting rid of all of these other things, the words of Tyler Durden do ring true. And not and and it's easy to quote movies because that's yeah. that's their job. Their job is to give you quotable moments. Yeah. But Tyler Durden's quote has just been on constant loop in my head. The things you own end up owning you. Your your concern turns towards you know this inanimate piece of wood mm-hmm. in your closet. Yep. And that's I mean I, I understand that, but I also see it kind of sometimes from a from a different from a different angle. Um, one of the things I, I was raised kind of by an antiques dealer. Um, and one of the things I really was thinking was cool that like I had a habit I had to break um, was tend to kind of hoard old things because I I tried to I kind of imagined them as not really being an inanimate object but like okay this this chair that was built in like 1905 you know what well, I sort to think about the person that sat in that chair in 1905 wow. what kind of conversation took place while somebody was sitting in this chair or did you know like what what would happen with or like a like a toy doll from you know 1915 like cool like what happened in front of this doll? Like, like, what did the kid who held this doll in, like, you know, 1916, 1917, 1918 experience? So is it... And, and that, so that seemed like a connection to other people, I think, is where we... Uh, something that helps us kind of hoard stuff we don't want to is we see objects as a connection to some someone or something else. Like, you know, I don't have a connection to a picture. I have a connection to the person in the picture. Do you think it was a way of you rationalizing keeping that object? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. That was the rationalization for keeping the object. Okay. There was no other rationalization. It was it's old, but it's it's it's, you know, it's thinking about the other people that interacted with this object, you know, years before I existed. So now that you're in a job that is allowing you a little bit more financial freedom. Mm-hmm. It's allowing you certain luxuries that maybe you weren't able to experience as easily previously Mm -hmm. do you find yourself investing in things that are more in line with making you happy or just in an acquisition mode I will say um, because I I went from making X. X amount of dollars to overnight making more than double that and yes there was like the a very short time of holy crap yeah there was there was a very short time of that where I, I i bought crap i didn't need and then real like a week later would like come in and it's like so sitting on my kitchen table like why did i do that i don't need this so there was a short time because i experienced i think what a lot of people um what i was warned about when i when i first took my my big high paying first high paying gig was watch out the the more you make the more you're going to spend the more in debt you're gonna get. I'm like, ah, that's no, like I have nothing will change. I just have more money and and no, that is <laughs> I, I let myself like I took like I added like subscription services and things like that and I was getting 
and I'm not putting any of these services down. I went from having cable and internet to having like cable with all the pay channels that I never watched because I work 12, 15 hours a day to like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime and HelloFresh and Blue to the point that I would literally like I nickel I had I'd auto drafted most of my paycheck from like crap that was just being sent to my house that I like never saw or touched and like I had to realize wow I how how did I raise my cost of living just because I raised my income and had to like really re-examine what I was doing it happens in New Orleans too like when I first moved to New Orleans I would say I spent the first 30 days smashed every night well, I think if I moved to New Orleans I'd spend the first 30 days just completely hammered drunk because I was in New Orleans because you just can and it's okay you're allowed to be functioning so there's that I, I think there's maybe that modicum of because I can, I will. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, there's a lot of because I can, I will, when not just because I can, should I? You know, you asked, you asked if you could, you didn't ask if you should. Yeah. And that, and for me, that that fateful moment in Leadville really changed a lot of my perspective. Uh, because it did remind me how how much joy there is in just the simple things. And I would say that I started to obsess less over the things that I didn't have. And I started to just appreciate being able to put my cycling kit on, <laughs> get on my bike and disappear for one, two, three, five hours. So as you were talking about it, I pulled up Wikipedia's Leadville, Colorado, just to see, just to kind of get a better, because I've never been to Leadville, so it's I like to stunning. read about everything. Um, you said it was small on 2017. The census was less than 3,000 people. Yep. It is the um, highest elevated um, incorporated city in the United States. Yep. And yes, had a huge. The city basically died after uh, mining in the post mining area. Um, they struggled by trying to put in museums and increase tourism, and nothing helped until they added. Um, the unique terrain of Leadville. Somebody had the idea of doing some mountain bike races, um, altitude training hose for running events, etc. that people started to not see Leadville as like a mining town, but as, as something else to be enjoyed. Not just, you know, oh, they've got cool restaurants and a nice hotel with a pool. It's, no, there's something that they found what was special about Leadville. Well, you, I think you have to. I think there goes through that reinvention process, and maybe they even went through the same lightning of the load. Mm -hmm. You know, they were so dependent upon the mining culture and that mining kind of necessity that once it was all gone, they were left with nothing, mm -hmm. and it was a true reinvention. Okay, so what do we do? How do we save our city? There's only a handful of us. How, what do we do to turn this around? That's what, it looks like all they had to, all they did was get the word out that this. We have an incorporated U.S. city that's re that's there's, that there is a diamond in this rough that's not just mining. Oh, the Leadville series is massive. As, as soon as people figured out, oh, I know this awesome little town that's absolutely beautiful and has the best mountain biking in the country, and it's pretty stunning for for people who like to do um, trail running. That's like this is the place if you want to do trail running, and when you've dedicated that much time, mountain bikes are not cheap. No, there's a barrier all, to entry. Yeah, there is a barrier to entry with mountain bikes, uh, and it's not just it's not just financial. Either the barrier to entry is when I the first day with my mountain bike, I tried to ride to the grocery store. <laughs> the grocery store 
Rangers. How three, far is it? Three eighths of a mile away. I didn't even have to leave the neighborhood. And halfway there, I got off the bike and sat on the curb and thought, oh my, what have I done? <laughs> How much money did I just spend? I could have jumped rope or something cheaper if I wanted to get. Yeah, and I, it, it took me what felt like an hour to get to like the Walmart in my neighborhood. Again, we're talking th like three eighths of a mile through a neighborhood. Sat there for 40 minutes to try to recover and then rode back very slowly with lots of bricks. Thought, what, what have I done? It, I bought this bike that's almost $2,000 and I get 100 yards down the road and I think I'm gonna have a stroke. <laughs> but look at you now. You're, yeah. clean, you're cleaning the washboard climb to Spider from Hochi. Which cleaning. nobody knows what that is. So that is like a 35 degree <laughs> Incline up a dirt chain, and it's about 40, say 30 yards? 30, 40 yards. So it's 30, 40 yards at about 35% grade. Maybe. I'd have to go back and look. I mean, it feels like a. Okay, let's say it feels, it feels like, like. And the first time I made it up top, I pedaled so hard I ripped my back wheel off the frame of the bike. Yep, pulled it, twisted it in the dropout. Yes. But. What? What Roger said, because I don't know what twisted in the dropout means, but my wheel was not straight anymore, and uh, Josh had to like <laughs> nearly take like my gear, my, my all the Shimano stuff apart to put it back where it had to go. But you did it. Yeah. And, and now I get up there every time. And a few months before, you could barely ride your bike through yeah. your neighborhood. Yes. Yeah, it takes time. It takes dedication. It takes... Okay... You were telling me about a woman that is trying to help people thin their life out and bring more joy to their life. Oh, yeah. But yet she's being lambasted for some of the things that she says in her path to help people. It's, her job is to declutter. It's it's just the, the decluttering guru. She's a Japanese uh uh, she has a TV show. She has a book out. And simply because she said, you know, if you're trying to declutter, um, you know, ideally keep under 30 books. I saw a meme today where it was a picture of her that said, ideally keep less than 30 books. And under it was a picture of a nightstand with just stuff stacked all over it. You, you mean on the nightstand, like keep less than 30 books just in this one spot? It's like, well, okay, if you want to run, if you want to have a library in your house, that's fine. Nobody said you couldn't have a library. However, if you look around and go, man, I got a lot of crap. I need to thin this out. She's got a plan for you. She's like, hey, this is how to evaluate stuff. Don't tackle, you know, don't tackle rooms. Tackle subjects. Yep. You know, pick up, if you've got something, some knickknacks been on your bookshelf for 100 years that you've just, that's always been there, pick it up. Like, you know, does, her word is, does this spark joy? So does this matter? Does this thing actually matter to me if i lost this in a fire am i going to be in the insurance agent and go that unicorn on my shelf needs to be i mean no so why do you need it and i i feel we're very fortunate here at the drum shop we have a lot of wonderful clients mm -hmm. we all have guests that are way above my pay grade and there have been times when they've made comments to me that they don't know what they would do if they lost everything. And and my rebut to that is, wouldn't you just get up the next day and go to work and start over? 
there again going back to the things we own end up owning us we become so maybe consumed with this concept of i need these things to make me feel like me that if those are gone what do we do much like our handsets look at our phones look at a simple device that is not even three-eighths of an inch thick it's barely six inches in diagonal but I would bet money that if most people lost their phones and were not able to retrieve it within a 48-hour period would lose their shit. You're being very generous when you said 48 hours. I've seen people screaming after 30 minutes in the hospital. Really? Uh, I've had patients that, like, they're, they're on medication, so they're not thinking. So, like, you're not focused. Doesn't matter how good you think you feel, if once I give you a bunch of pain medication, you're fuzzy whether you realize it or not. I've like dropped the phone like either like in the bed side. The, in the bed or just like it's it's in the shit because hospital blankets are about are paper thin, so generally people in the hospital are cold, they'll they'll end up literally with nine or ten blankets. Because it, essentially we call them bath blankets. They're it's like a terry it's like a towel. If your blanket is just a big towel and you're cold, you're going to want several of them. So people end up with tons of blankets and it's really common. And I don't know how many times I've, I've gone through blankets just to find somebody's TV remote. And I've had them screaming, somebody stole it or where's my phone? Oh my God. And they're crying until I, I pull three or four blankets back and go, here, it's it was sitting on your leg. And yeah. But I mean, I, I, just speaking from personal experience, I have to have my phone before my keys in the morning. But that's also work-related. My work phone's in the living room. I went through <laughs> that with Rockstar. Like, when I wake up, like, my, my alarm is my phone. The <laughs> last thing I touch, and my phone, it's, it's auto so I don't have to turn on. The last thing I touch before going to sleep is my phone. The first thing I touch waking up is my phone. And, like, I just noticed this with myself, like, I... And ask yourself this for, for people who are listening. How often do you like pat your pocket to see if your phone's still there? You don't even realize you do it? Like I do it all the time or I'll pull my phone, I'll pull my phone out, not do anything with it and just like spin it in my hair and just put it back. So like, okay, my phone's there, all right. It's, it becomes a security blanket. It's like a psychological thing. And since my first iPhone, if I went more than an hour without my phone, I'm having an emotional, like devastating situation. Wow. And I wish it wasn't like that. But I do you. The, so then, may I ask, do you believe that we've allowed that to be the case, or are we at this point a victim of what has come to fruition? And, and maybe, and maybe I should be a little bit more clear about that. Mm -hmm. Is it is it we that allowed the phone to take over our lives, or is it that we've become so dependent upon the phone? Being the Radio Shack magazine, but in one piece, everything exists there. Well, I, I think it's a little bit. I think it, I think it's a little bit more on that. Not so much just the Radio Shack magazine. Let's think. Let's let's go back. Let's go way back. Let's go back. To, I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw out a year. Let's go back to 1991. Okay. You were barely born. But let's go back to 1991, right? Cell phones weighed as much as a brick. They had a nine-foot antenna, and most of them were attached. To cars, all right. And before that, they were attached to batteries that melted yeah, okay. your face off. All right. So, so that so the cell phone was like a l extreme luxury item or something like you know people like in business CEOs had cell phones, things like that. 
if I wanted to, because I, I remember this, because um, we had catalogs. Remember catalogs? Remember that Sears catalog that oh, was yeah. three inches thick? JC and Penny. like JC oh, yeah. Penny, that encyclopedia you got for uh, FAO Schwartz and all that stuff. So if I wanted to buy something, I, I had my catalog. Or I had to go to the store and actually try on the clothes. Mm -hmm. Or if they didn't have it, yeah, then we had a catalog. Um, if I wanted music, remember like the, 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 what was it called? There was the little music clubs you could join. It was like you, they looked like oh, stamps. Columbia, Columbia House. Columbia House, you know, which was always a scam. But if you wanted, you know, was that's, if y'all wanted a new record, I had to go down to Starship and, get, and, and flip through it and see if they had it in stock. Or go to FYE and see if they had it in stock. I don't know if FYE was around. I think FYE was around 1991. Yeah. Or, you know, it's 1991 counterpart, you know, to the mall. Like, I, it was work to sort this stuff out. If I wanted to pay my gas bill, I had to write a check, get in my car, drive over, and throw it in the deposit box. We're at the city I grew up in. If I wanted to pay a utility bill, there was Main Street. They had a little window where you would go pay your utility bill. You had to pay in person. Mm -hmm. You could mail it in, but most like growing up, we always paid it in person. Now I pay it on my phone. If I want to buy music, I do it on my phone. If I want to order like a new cardigan sweater to go with this tie, I'm I'm ordering it from Amazon from my phone. You want to buy a car? You want to buy a house? I bought my car on my phone. <laughs> I found. I looked it up on my phone. I contacted the dealer from that same phone, and I showed up, test drove it, and then signed two bits of paper and drove off. That the the interaction with the out rest of the world has been confined down to this phone, where it's not just a phone; it's how I pay my bills, it's how I shop for groceries. That's why you had Amazon has acquired a huge uh, all of of Whole Foods. You yep. can do your grocery shopping. God. Walmart did it a while ago, where I could do all my grocery shopping. There is a service, I don't know if we have it in, in our city, but I know there, there's probably a version of it coming. I have a friend of mine in Chicago that was talking about he, it's like ride sharing and everything else, but he, he makes a grocery list and a dude goes and picks it up and buys the stuff, drives it to his house and leaves it on the porch and he pays like a $3, like a, a small fee for that. So all of that from your phone. So my phone is not just the thing like, you know, I call my boss on, it's I call. I email for work for personal stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm in. Like I said I play in four bands. I'm talking to them. Um, we have a band camp. I'm uploading everything to that. We have you know the the EPKs and all that stuff. All that's all that's there. Like so much of our day to day life has been confined Condensed. to that tiny to be controlled by that tiny little device in our pocket. That I think that that is what it is. Is if if I lose my phone, I didn't lose my phone. I lost everything. I lost my credit card. Cause my, cause I pay for stuff with what Apple Pay, right? So I lost my, I've lost a credit card. Um, I used to be able to, and I know you can do this as well. You can deactivate your home alarm with your cell phone. Yep. So now I've locked my credit card. I've locked myself out of my house. Everything is is that device is is the key to my whole life, and it's not. I'm not unique in that situation. No, I think it's we've lightened our load in terms of burdenous equipment and simplified it down to one device where everything is universal on one device. Well, what was, I mean, that's part of Apple's slogan, right? When the iPhone first came out, was, there's an app for that. What do you want to do? There's an app for that. I can't decide what we should eat for dinner. There's an app for that. I need to balance my bills. There's an app for that. I mean, that was their, that, that was their slogan for a while. And it worked. And they mm -hmm. are, what are they, what are they up to? Over a billion downloads? Well, because it's, it's, 
you can't do anything on your phone with that. Like everything is is an app. You know, my, I don't have like if I want to go internet, there's a Safari app. Mm-hmm. If I want to, you know, Facebook message somebody, there's the Facebook app. But if I want to message somebody, there's the Facebook Messenger app. It's so it, everything is we're put put in this in these little boxes. So we've so in effect, do you feel that we've been burdened with being in ecosystem within the concept of handsets? Do you think that we're now burdened with being within the context and the confines of this device in order to do our day-to-day life? It depends on how, how you would define burden in that situation. Because some people would find it like, well, uh, would find it maybe simple. To pay my electric bill, I no longer have to write a check, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it. I pull my, my iPhone out, I tap my email where it says, you have a bill due, I tap pay bill, yes terms and conditions, yes bank account, pay bill, done, I'm done. So it depends on like, are, are we burdened or are we confined? Well, that, therein, lies, therein lies that delineation and I, and I think it would be hard pressed for, for us within the, the time constraints of where we're at now to really dig deeper into that. But I struggle, I, I struggle with the duality of, of being a part of technology and being unhappy with technology. Because I would love to be able to wake up in the morning and not be concerned with what my YouTube subscriptions are. What did I miss in email? Like all these things that now have become part of my routine, I would love to be able to just wake up, sit down with a cup of coffee and relax. Well, now I wake up much like you. The first thing I grab is my phone. Okay, well, let's scroll through. What did I miss? Mm -hmm. What came in from around the world? What came in from this vendor? What came in from that potential client? With you, one of the things that I feel I've been burdened with as a retailer, at, at my level, I am considered a mom and pop. I am considered an independent music instrument retailer or a mom and pop. All of the big players, the big box, the Sweetwaters, the Guitar Centers, the Musician's uh-huh. Friend, the Music 123s, Amazon, like all these big internet retailers uh-huh. have people on staff literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. And they have been training consumers to know that somebody is there to answer their question 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yes. Instant gratification. And with that, as a mom and pop retailer that does advertise, that does spend time with e-com, that does spend time on reverb, I'm now being saddled with that same request, but the inability to react in a timely fashion because even though I only sleep three or four hours a night, sometimes I'm lucky I get five. If I don't answer that email within what that potential client feels is a reasonable amount of time, I lose that deal. I lose that opportunity because there's another retailer right now that's online that's got somebody that's awake that's willing to answer their question and take their money. So I'm burdened with the responsibility to answer those messages but I'm not equipped to do it at that level yet. So it's a burden. I find it very heavy on my heart, very heavy on my shoulders as to how to walk that fine line of 
I'm a small shop. I'm a handful of people. I wear a lot of different hats in a given day. In my wildest dreams, would I want to be as large as Sweetwater? Do I want to do a billion dollars a year in business? Maybe? That's a difficult question because the billion dollars part sounds good and the business part, you recognize the work that that would take. Oh, um, it's massive. It's a massive undertaking. Mm -hmm. I, and I don't, I love what I get to do and I'm very, very humbled by what I get to do because I get to help people achieve their musical dreams through music. I get to help instruct them on how to be better at their craft. I get to help them create that voice, those sounds. I get to help them build that new setup, build that custom rack, find that next cymbal voice, that new snare drum, that new magical wonder kit. There are these things that are happening that I absolutely adore about what I do, but at the same time I find myself battling with how do I stay awake 24 hours, seven days a week, to be able to meet all those demands and not miss out on those opportunities. And that becomes a very large weight on my shoulders that I don't know how to answer. Sure, we can post our hours and people know, you know, we're open Monday through Friday, 11 to seven, Saturday, 10 to six, we're closed on Sundays except for the holiday. Mm -hmm. And the holidays were open 11 to three from Black Friday to Christmas Day and that's it. But is that enough to truly send that message that we want to earn your business. So I don't know. I don't I don't know that I want to ever be that big. There there is something that you get. I mean, I, I remember seeing like all the kind of made fun of like the hipsters with all of their like shop local stuff. Do everything local, everything local. Think locally, not globally. Um, but yes, there is a tremendous convenience to three button shopping. Click yes, click, yes click. To, to three button shopping from Amazon. Done. But what I don't get from Amazon, what I that I do get, what I don't get from Amazon or from eBay or take your pick, um, I get to in the brick and mortar stores, so like buying equipment, um, instruments, drum cymbals here, mm -hmm. and my bike from a from bicycles of from Tulsa. bicycles of Tulsa, which is a local brick and mortar store, is I'm gonna get I get to walk in. I get to, for me, that relationship means something. To get to ask you a question instead of reading the description, this drum sounds cool. Said Bob, eighty seven gave it four stars. Well, I don't I don't know Bob. I can't ask Bob any questions. He spells it backwards. Yeah, and there were like or Amazon like tried to. I've gotten that a few times. Like I bought some shoes and I got that. You know. Jay Springfield has a question about the shoes you bought. Like, and but in a brick and mortar store, I get to talk to somebody. There's other people in the store. I get to have that experience. I get to actually window shop. That's just important to me. I find it important to get to look at something, hold it in my hand, touch it, and go, "Do do I want this? Do I need this? Will this help?" Um, and at some of the even the big box stores, even though yeah, it's a brick and mortar store, I'm I'm talking to, and I don't mean them any disrespect. I'm talking to a minimum wage retail employee who only knows when his lunch break is. And I'm not putting that person down. I've, we've all, at least almost all of us, have been that person at least one time. Where, look, I just need the commission because my rent's due. Please go away, my lunch break, or I'm gonna go smoke, or I can't. I need to get off early because my girlfriend, or or whatever. Yep. Is 
that is totally different in a brick and mortar store. If I have an issue that says learning on my, to ride a bike, so learning that comes with maintenance, and or I'm having, you know, like I was having an issue with, uh, with my saddle, mm -hmm. which the internet is going to give me suggestions on, but getting to walk into the store and saying, hey, Scott, you got a second, I'm having this issue with my saddle, and getting an ex, like right there to talk to me. And show you. And, and show, yeah. Like physically, here's 10 different versions of what you're asking about. Here's the best two that I would suggest. Yeah, and actually, and that, that doesn't cost money. No. That conversation is free. That conversation, and now I've I've learned more I think than I, than if I would have just Googled something. Um, same thing with you know learning about drum heads because I, the first drum shop I went into was just really happy to swipe my credit card and didn't really care what I bought. Mm. Coming in here, it was well, what kind of drums do you have? What kind of sound do you want? Mm -hmm. Here we have like a setup where different drum heads all in the same kind of drum, so you can hear the differences and describe what are you wanting to do? What is your application? You know, I'm not you're out to cash a check I'm out to satisfy a customer yeah. and for me the that, that's that's worth its weight in gold do you feel that that is becoming more universal or it's becoming less and less with the commoditization of products so you're looking at me kind of weird so so I'm going somewhere with this I, I understand I want to understand the question but I don't understand your question Let's take an Amazon shopping experience for a brief moment. Okay. You're buying some paper towels. You had to buy some Windex. You had to buy some cat food. You needed to buy a package of boxer briefs. Yeah. You needed some black socks. Oh, shit, I need a snare head. You just happen to find a snare head. Everything's done. And you're done in literally just a handful of clicks. Yeah. Do you think that... There are more people that are within the context of your friend friend network and your collection of people that you interact with. Do you find that they are more apt to just stay within one shopping experience and buy everything they need than take the time to go research and physically go out and look? Like, do you think the hunt is going away? I don't think the hunt is going away, but I think that's also that's going to be like a very specific specific case. So like if I'm if I'm picking up groceries, I already know I have a list. I'm gonna run it. I'm gonna grab them. I'm gonna leave. Mm -hmm. If I need socks, I know what size socks I wear. I'm not really gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna do much of a hunt. I know what color I want before I even go in the store. Cause if they're all the same color, it's easier to not care if they don't match. So I mean, I already know what's going on with that. However, um, since I do have to dress professional for my job, I don't buy suit separates. I go to. A uh, local store where a very funny Spanish guy um, <laughs> will tell me, look at me, and go, "This looks awful." You may think you look up, but no, this looks that extra set of eyes in certain cases, or that extra set of ears, really, I think, I think matters. It, it might not matter when I'm buying a loaf of bread, but it matters when I'm trying to impress a client, and my suit doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. And my tie does. I think it matches, but I'm talking. I need an expert there. Or when I go to play a show, and my drums are not tuned, or and everything sounds terrible, or I'm going out to get, I'm taking my bike out to Turkey Mountain, and I've got the wrong tires, and I have no grip, and I crash, or I have the wrong pressure in my tires, and I get a flat. And now I'm stuck because I bought this thing on Amazon and didn't have anybody to call and tell me, hey, how do I change a tire? Which, at Bicycles of Tulsa, I've walked in with, hey, how do I fix this thing? 
and had their mechanics come around and go, what's your, which part? Todd. Point to what you want to know and I will explain it as long as it takes and take all the time with me. Welcome to Todd and, Todd and John. So yeah, every, every time I've come back, it's like, my bike's making a weird sound. Well, bring me your bike. I'm not, I've never been charged for that. I've come away going, would learn something. So I, I've come away just, I, I know more, I, I feel safer out on my bike, or I know when I'm meeting a client that my clothes fit and I, I'm, I'm gonna impress, I'm gonna get that done. So I think that's just on a case-by-case -case basis. But like what I do, and I know a lot of particularly your clients do, because we all hang out, yeah, <laughs> you know, we, we tend to all hang out. Is yeah, the hunt is fun. Like I like hunting for stuff, but I know where I'm gonna buy it. Where I'm gonna buy it's not the hunt. The item is the hunt. Fair enough. So I will. I'll, I'll look for something. So like like when I came to you about the the drummer pouch. Yep. Like I found something cool. I really wanted. Okay, I know I can order it from Amazon. I know I could probably find it on eBay. I know, like. Where to buy something is not the hunt anymore. The thing is the hunt. As it, I think it always should have been. I, I yeah, where to buy it. I, I in this in this econ in this like era of e-commerce, where to buy something I think is is seldom is seldom the hunt. But I think that's where brick and mortar stores come in because you guys. I can Google all day, but I've got to I've got to make sure I have my terminology right. I've got to know that. I'm ordering the right size of something, the right brand, the right model number, and things like that, where we've been able, like, and I've seen personally guys come in here and be like, okay, it's like a K, but it's like 25 inch, got a big, it's the giant <laughs> bell one. What's the K with the big bell? Yeah. And you or a CE can be like, oh, you mean a Zelgen and model number. Yeah, that comes in this, 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 and this. It costs this, 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 or this, depending on the size. Yep. We can have it here Tuesday. I've got one on the wall. That one's great, but what do you want to use it for? Because I might have something that's going to suit you that's a little bit cheaper. Or better. The, or, or, or better. is that's, that's a popular symbol, but that warranty on it's really terrible. Let me help you. Let me get you something better that's going to save you money. You're going to be happier in the long run. And I think that brick and mortar experience is better. That's always been... Being a retailer is always a challenge. And I... I've been a retailer in some way, shape, or form most of my life since I was 11. I love it. I love retail. I love the chaos. I love the inconsistency. I love not knowing who or what's going to walk through the door with the next bizarre question. That, for me, is enjoyable. And there are a lot of people, and there are a lot of retailers that hate it. But I, but I love it. Or actually, just like I, I remember um, a year ago, uh, just sitting in here, and uh, like a 15 or 16 year old kid came in and was convinced that uh, certain brand assembles was the like the best thing in the world because the band he likes, like their drummer, is sponsored by this symbol brand. Therefore, you know, if you know. If Buddy Rich uses these sticks, these are the best sticks. Well, you know, we all like Buddy Rich, but we all have different hands. We all play differently. Mm -hmm. We're all hitting the drums differently. It's we're do all doing something different. So yeah, those the sticks Buddy Rich use are the best sticks for Buddy Rich to use. That is, a, I'm not Buddy Rich. That shit. And I'm not talking about talent or years of experience or ability to write music. I'm just saying physically, I am a physically different person. I I don't. 
I, I do everything completely different. So why do I need to mirror that? And just being able to learn that, which you're not going to get that on Amazon or eBay. You have to get that from a brick and mortar store, from someone who knows more than you. It's like a trusted mechanic with a car. A lot of us are, I mean, and I'll, I'll be saying, when you're taking a car to the dealership, you have a check engine light come on, and oh, this is going to be expensive. Yep. I mean, how, there's, there's how many jokes here about, you know, like honest mechanics and things like that. And when you find, when you find one that makes you feel comfortable and you, you don't, and you know you're not getting ripped off just on that very important part, there's, there's a lot of stuff in our lives that are just as important as that car or is just, at least just as important in that moment, especially we're gigging professional musicians. A lot of us are paying our bills with these drums and these cymbals. Yep. That's how I'm making that car payment. That's how I'm paying for my house. Yep. I'm going to pay for that new transmission by paying these gigs. So having somebody there that we know we can trust that's not just out to cash a check is, is priceless. Which is, which is the unfortunate side of being the salesman that I am because I really prefer people getting the truth mm-hmm. may not be what they want to hear but I, I mean I'm, I'm I'm the guy that gets kicked out of out of trade show booths because I don't believe it I don't believe the propaganda and if you tell me it's going to do something it better fucking do it I have personally walked in here ready to spend like 300 bucks and, and been really kind of disappointed and dejected when you said you don't need that. <laughs> that, that 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 you do not need that yeah. You you will take it home, take it out of the box, and in 10 minutes be really upset. Yep. Because it's what you think you want. It's not what you want. Yep. And I've seen you do that with other people, and I've seen that happen at other stores. It makes a difference. The, a lot of people will poo-poo Walmart, but the philosophy at the top end of the Walmart corporation is every single person that walks through the door of a Walmart is a $250,000 investment over the lifetime of that client. That's what they worked it out to be. That's the, everybody who shops at Walmart over their lifetime ends up spending about that much money? Yep. So why would you not make an investment in, in the people that walk through your door and tell them the truth? I don't... We as a shop don't need today's or tomorrow's sale. That's not the important one. The philosophy is more that I want next year's. I want six months after that. I want to see somebody's kids, somebody's grandkids. I want to see somebody's grand grandkids. Today or tomorrow is easy. I can sell you anything right now. Mm-hmm. That's easy. How do I get you to keep coming back? How do I get you to make the investment in us as a retailer that we need to make in you? Those are the those are the harder questions. Well, I, I keep I keep thinking of like examples of like on the brick and mortar store thing. Like I don't know how many times I've come in and with my drums or whatever, basically said I've got this square peg in a round hole, and I need to make them fit together. Yep. And, and I, I see a lot, that's, that's probably the most common thing because, I, hey, I, can I mount this to that without breaking it? it does a thing exist? How, I need to mount my cymbal to, I want to mount a cymbal stand to my bass drum, but I found the hoop clamps, but I have wooden hoops and I have a one-of-a-kind bass drum. And if I break that wooden hoop, that's, that's it. Yep. That's, I'm not going to get another one. So 
those are questions that I'm not going to get answered on Amazon. Like, well, they have no way to answer them. Yeah, the, 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 the mechanism for that doesn't exist. Not yet. No, I've got to find somebody else who, who knows. No, that idea sucks. This other product you didn't know exists is how you do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 the big deal I've got from like the brick and mortar stores. If we're going to like going to the bike shop or um, rare books, there's a I go there's a couple there's a place out in Broken Arrow that helps me find some of the rare books from my library. That's so cool. That you can't buy anymore. And yeah, some stuff's easier on Amazon, and I still buy stuff on Amazon. We all do. I have to. We all do. But I mean, like it's fun. Like also, like for for musical instruments, and I know a lot of the people, the clients here, we'll find something on Amazon and look at it just so we know to come in and go. Could I have? The, how many? I mean, I've seen it. I'm with a cell phone. Would like someone pull up on Amazon and go? Can you order this? Yeah. When can you get this by? Do you have this? Can you get this? Like, is this one of the brands you carry? Yep. All right. Since most of the drums are made in the same factory, what's the brand you carry version of this? Yep. What's the Dixon version of this? <laughs> I'm not. I love Dixon. I'm not bashing Dixon, but but Dixon makes a lot of so stuff. So much stuff for. Hey, what's the Gibraltar? I need you know. I need cymbal stand that's going to match my other. You know, I've got a bunch of DW stands. Um, broke one. I like everything to be like look like it's supposed to belong. What's the Gibraltar stand that matches this? Which is something I can't. I mean, I can look on Musician's Friend all day, and I'm going to scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll, or I can call you and say, yeah, the Gibraltar 8700. Or the 9700, yeah. Yeah, I've got four of them. Um, which do you need? The boom and straight. Yep. Cool. Be on Thursday. Or I already have it. Yeah. Yeah, it's and it, and it is important, which, which I think is part of why we run the store the way we do is to lighten the load of you and what you have to accomplish and what you've got to do with your your drumming and playing. Mm -hmm. You know, if we can take some of those burdens or some of those questions off of your shoulder, you're going to be more productive. You're going to be able to enjoy playing that much more. I sh I mean, hell, you bought ultralight DW stands as cuz you're like, "Oh, this is so cool." And literally two days later you're like, "These are kind of scary." I said, "Just play them." It's it's what the, okay, the DW Ultralights are really awesome, and I was able to fit an entire drum kit. A one-up, one-down, bass drum, rack tom, floor tom, entire hardware bag, three cent, like, I have three, I have hi-hats, three cymbals, um, a big custom throne in its own bag, and everything in the hatchback of my Golf without laying the seats down, and it shut just fine, and I suddenly, you know... I don't care if the stand wobbled a little bit. <laughs> it did not fall over, so nope. it's fine. It didn't fall over. Um, I want more of them now because <laughs> there's still some space in that bag. I'm like, I've got another symbol that I'm just not using right now. I need another. I need to put it up so I can hit it. Um, Which had you not had the belief structure, had I not had someone who knew how to solve the problem of, you know what, my hardware bag is 125 pounds and my back hurts. <laughs> this one's 40. After done. I've just played a show, or now like the, the genre of playing in punk rock bands, a lot of, if I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up in a moment where I'm gonna play two, two bands at the same night, at the yep. same time, and I'm gonna be exhausted, my hands are gonna hurt, and then, because guitar players are dicks, I'm gonna have to load everything up and carry it 
out of because out of probably a basement. It's probably gonna be a house show where I'm gonna have to carry the bass drum up up the stairs, out the kitchen, out the living room, down the front steps, down the driveway, down the walkway, down the street, into the back of my car, and then make the trip a hundred times. And that hardware bag, <sighs> heavy. That hardware bag is awful. <laughs> and I handle all the merch for my bands too, so now I've got all the merch. And the big Rubbermaid tubs full of t-shirts and pint glasses and patches and stickers. So that backpack size bag where all my hardware is right here and my stick bag and everything's all in here and it's just... On your shoulder. On my shoulder with the cymbal bag. Yeah. Yeah. That's worth it. It's so worth it. It's worth, it's worth it going... That cymbal moved a half inch more when I hit it. That's it. But no, it's 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 completely worth it, and I don't know what it is. It, those light, even though I have to tear them down more, they I feel like they go together faster. Well, because you're just you're, just assembling them just feels like it goes faster. Well, because you're I don't know fresh. why. <laughs> you're not having to pull out a 15 pound stand. Yeah, I don't know. If, I feel like they go together faster. It could be in my head, but I feel like they go together faster. Well, good. So, well, no, I think that's. Awesome. I, I think we're probably close to two hours, and I think that would be a good place to end this episode of too stupid to know that I can't because at this point you didn't think you could play a super lightweight set of stands and I thought you're playing, I would destroy them and you're playing the lightest ones made right now I would like to point out we have five pages of script and we covered six sentences of it yeah, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I wrote those six sentences yeah. after I got the script well we got more we know we touched a little bit on oh we just touched on the cluttering yep we got some of it so we got some of it but yeah it, you got to ride home, and I still got to do my hour ride tonight. So, yeah. I don't even know if I have clothing here. I think I left clothing at home. That's not good. That's gonna be. You have a tiny uncomfortable. I look at your saddle and I cringe. Until you actually sat on it and rode it, and then you would go, "Oh." Well, again, I'm I'm speaking from ignorance. Your saddle looks like a medieval torture device. I don't know. I've seen some of those torture devices. The pair of destiny, or was it the pair of destiny? Oh, it was just, it was just, just the pair. Is it the pair? I mean, come on, yeah. now. that's rough. It's the pyramid. The pyramid is another horrible one. Yeah, like that saddle's pretty legit in comparison. But I feel like I don't know. I see some of those little, some of the road bike saddles. There's the one that looked like a piece of carbon fiber, and they have just a piece of leather stretched over it. They look really pretty. But I feel like that's something like if you were trying at one point in my life, if you were trying to get like the secret from me, just if you put me on that saddle, left me there long enough, eventually I'd be like, I'll tell you anything to make me not sit on this thing. If you were trying to get the, the whatever, the password. The launch codes, if I had it, I'd eventually given it up sitting on some of those saddles long enough. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned carbon fiber thrones, because I'm going to tell you right now, carbon fiber saddles, I'm telling you right now, I firmly believe that every single drum throne is fucking wrong. And I'm, I will stand by my conviction, and I will prove it come hell or high water. I won't be able to do it on a podcast, mm -hmm. because you won't be able to see it. But I firmly believe that every drum throne is incorrect. The Carmichael, all the split, the ahead ones, all everybody's, they're all wrong. Or they're all built around the same basic idea. They're all wrong. To, to try to support. So since they have to make a universal support, so what better universal support than just a 
giant chunk of foam. I mean, you know, mattresses are almost made the same way. We have to make like a, a a thing that you can lay on that will support you. Yes, but I still think all the padded thrones are wrong. I think every one of them's wrong. And I know there's already people out there going, "What do you mean, padded thrones are wrong?" Look at the big cushion on the drum throne. I, I mean, wrong. like on on my and I have a big custom pork pie throne that looks like it's super thick, and I sit on it and I sink all the way. Like the the, the padding is is thin. It's like out. it's just it's just strong enough to hold the structure of the seat when I'm not sitting in it and keep you in place. Yeah, I still think all padded thrones are wrong, and I'm going to prove it. So stay tuned for that. That may end up being a YouTube video, which may turn into a company. We don't know. But I do believe all the padded thrones are wrong. I think they're wrong. Well, I mean, was it um, necessity is the mother of invention? If we need a better throne, then until somebody needs it bad enough, we're going to keep getting what sells. Well, I think they're all wrong. Hmm. And we'll talk about that. So thanks for joining us on this episode of Too Stupid to Know That I Can't. And I firmly believe that I'm too stupid to know that I can't make a better drum throne. There's a light that shines off in the distance. We may never know of its name. Where wealth is not measured in substance. And pleasure's not writhing in pain. Your promise has led me to ruin. Your kiss foretold of my grave. And I'll gladly embrace the destruction And drink the remains of the day And as you go to sleep tonight There's no need for a guiding light I've got the whole world left to roam And I'm not coming home